Yo. Ooh, hello. Oh, my headphone just said I'm I'm doing a one headphone deal because oh, I'm yeah? not confident. I forgot to plug these in. Oh, that's good. So I like doing, doing a one a... headphone all the time because if I put in two, I kind of feel like it messes with my like spatial awareness. Oh. Like I can't oh, really yeah, like, pick yeah. stuff up and do stuff if I'm wearing yeah. both AirPods. Is that a condition? <laughs> It can't be. I I definitely I know I'm, I'm. This is like I assume an old man thing because I you know I, I think like many people I I had a long stretch of my life where I was constantly headphones in, mm-hmm. and I I think I switched. I I can't like. Um, I realized the other day I was like I used to like always when I went to the grocery store just full headphones in just doing all my stuff. Oh my god! And like I, I will, I, can't cr- I will burn down the it. store if I do that. I'll crash into yeah. so many things. I'll start a fire. Yeah, I'm with Andrew, but it does take me like two and a half hours to grocery shop. Well, no, but but mine mine went away is what I'm saying. Like I uh-huh. used to be that, and now I'm like. I think I rely a lot on sound for like my spatial awareness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, so yeah, when I, I don't have it normal. with the noise canceling, is that normal? The noise yeah. canceling really makes me like, I will harm oh, myself. Oh, maybe it is the noise canceling. Maybe that's it. I think prior to this, I didn't have noise canceling headphones. So sure. even though I had headphones in, I, mean, I could just hear stuff still. I Did I talk about this um, many, many weeks ago when I when I went to Atlanta, how... Um, I believe on the, tri- I can't remember which leg of the trip it was, but I like forgot to like, kind of like preload any music or download anything. So I straight up listened to nothing for a played ride, which was insane. That's tough. <laughs> you didn't That's listen to nothing. School. You listened just, to your yeah. own thoughts and insecurities. It really was just like, yeah, I that guess played I full volume. <laughs> do a lot of work more than I usually would. But like, yeah. and I didn't like, like there are headphones I can get and I can plug it in and listen. I just nothing. Nothing. Just fully what the plane listen. sound like? <laughs> okay, good to know. I think that's the only place I do I do a consistent both ear yeah. AirPod in. Yeah, because well, yeah, you need like airplugs. These these things are too fucking yes. loud. You ever been on a really small plane? How loud that is? I hate uh, it. That's scary. I'm trying to it's... think. Last time I went to Las Vegas, I guess I rode on a small plane. No, I'm talking. It is just scary. Than that. Oh, no, I've never been on an actual small plane. I, yeah, I got on one in like from Montreal to, I don't know, somewhere. And it was, oh, I had too much um, eyes on like the pilot and what he was doing. And like, I had too many thoughts about him. I was like, I should be able to see all of what you're touching. <laughs> and I have thoughts about like whether you seem like distracted. Um, He's wait. like right, reading like a how to fly this plane manual. <laughs> <laughs> he kept fiddling with his watch. I think his watch was broken. He kept like messing with it. I was like, stop <laughs> my, my same friend who does the uh, orders three French fries and puts the best fries in one bag. Uh-huh. Also, uh, did we I talk about that on main show? Maybe I think I think so. Maybe we not. So. Not. I have a Run friend that gets order always orders three French fries when we go out, and he puts three the orders best, of French fries. Three orders of fries, and he puts the best fries in one, and says, "Now we have the perfect set of fries." Um, I think it's just an excuse to order a lot of fries, but, um, yeah, he also last week we were, uh, got drinks. It was a pretty loud place. He p- put his AirPods in and I'm like, I'm sorry, are you listening to a podcast right now? Like, what are you doing? And he said, no, the noise cancellation cuts out so much noise. I can hear you so much yeah. better with the AirPods. What? And I was yeah, like, he- wow, I have never tried that before. 
you can hear like more directional sounds. Like if you're talking right at him, he can hear mm-hmm. you and not all the shit around you. I know. Oh and I'm like, God. oh, I want to try that. But I'm going to definitely look like the guy listening to a podcast or music at a bar. But he was like, <laughs> when I take them out, it's a lot harder to hear you. It's a loud place. When I put them in, I can hear you like 40% more clearly. And I was like, that's wild. This is the second story. I'm like, bring this guy on. This guy's got yeah, quirks. Pat, I have questions. you're on notice. <laughs> yeah, that's you get on the show. But- Okay, I, it's all—it's like not necessarily weird to do that, especially no. with like if it works. Apparently, it's weird to put your AirPods in without saying why you're doing it. In, yeah, in a conversation. Mm-hmm. yeah, no context. <laughs> um, I want to say quickly, welcome to the show. Yo, is this racist? This is the show. Oh no, uh, where we're still me, talking. Tawny Newsome, him, Andrew T, who's mad at me, and our producer Kevin Bartel. We eventually listen to your voicemails about racism, um, but first we do whatever this is. And if you're wondering why I said Kevin, did you talk about this on main show? That's because I was wondering nice. if we had only talked about it on our premium show, Yo, Can We Live, which we started uh, a couple years ago because we were, or a year ago or whatever, because we were tired of always talking about racism. So that you can get on our premium website, suboptimalpods.com. We're coming up on three. Really? We're like a few really? weeks away, I think, from 150. Isn't that wild? I'd be oh, a terrible parent. Geez. I'd be like, what are you, six months? You still eat mush? <laughs> and like, I'm four years old. Um, <laughs> do you have to go so, to school yet? <laughs> yeah. What grade Where, are you? I graduated, you dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, but you can go over there and look. We are on strike. Uh, some of us famously on double strike. Uh, if you <laughs> want to support this show, help us out with uh, one of the only thing we're allowed to do right now. We would greatly appreciate yeah. it. Go check us out, suboptimalpods.com. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. That was so succinct. I am practicing succinct girl (laughs) autumn. Oh. (laughs) My friends and I were in Joshua Tree this weekend, and we were talking about (laughs) debt girl summer (laughs) because it has been just a a debt girl summer because famously some of us started the the strike summer not knowing really that there was going to be a strike or not knowing the severity or the length <laughs> and um spent in such a way in uh the first half of the year that that maybe they regret um so yeah oh dead girl God. summer and now that it is labor day we're going into succinct girl autumn yeah Keep it, keep it short, keep it snappy. I'm going to keep it distracted a little bit. I just got a text that popped up on my computer from uh, a friend asking me, who is it, who is becoming a winemaker, I think, but basically like, hey, could anyone help me crush some grapes on Wednesday? Hell yeah. <laughs> Which Hell I guess is what yeah. you do when you're a winemaker. That's like, real that's a- Debt girl summer. That is that is debt girl summer turning into uh, dust bowl yeah. harvest autumn. Well, <laughs> turning no, into Steinbeck like, autumn. I like that's very me. That's very like my. Uh, you could easily sequence your own DNA. Yeah, that is turning into oh well. Buying wine. Get the fuck out of here. Who's pay? Who, you pay other people for wine. Fuck you. We're making we're crushing grapes. We're fucking crushing grapes. I guess we could we could do sort of a postmortem on last time we were we were talking, we were uh in the hurricane. Yeah, uneventful. Ended up being uneventful, as you all know now. But yeah. I think that was fun for people to listen to us in realize the it was uneventful over the course of several episodes. <laughs> Did we realize it was uneventful? I feel like I was I you know what? If it if I seemed cool, deep in my heart of hearts, I was like, this shit might still get crazy. 
Yeah, I guess. I don't know. We still, we drove you out the next morning. Um, If you didn't listen, Andrew was staying up at the compound during the hurricane and we had some mm-hmm. rain, but otherwise no issues. But, you know, him getting stuck driving out wasn't, was a thought. Did you have any issues driving out? I didn't have any issues after, I didn't have any issues, but I needed your help. <laughs> Ultimately, like, because you you drove ahead of me in your uh, bigger, giant, more capable of (laughs) driving in uh, bad conditions uh, automobile. And had you not like taken certain paths, I realized after the fact, I 100% would have gotten my car stuck. That's very funny. (laughs) You didn't get a helicopter out like celebrities at Burning Man right now? Oh, oh my God! That's right. Is that Burning from the flooding, Man. or is that from the Ebola, or whatever they think is happening? There are false reports of Ebola flying around Burning Man. People are like trapped because oh of the mudslides yeah. and stuff, or maybe the flooding specifically. I think this is 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 probably not necessarily directly related to the tropical storm, but I think it's the you know the a a type of thing. I don't know. Maybe just. Does that arid part of the world get a lot of rain? It probably doesn't. Well, there's like there are flash floods in the desert all the time. I was literally I was just got back from Joshua Tree and it there was a big thunderstorm uh, the first day we were there. Yeah, and there was a little bit of flooding. I mean, it's just like it's you know especially high desert. uh, I think that storm is the thing that continued on to Burning Man and did the thing we always wanted to do, which is. Just just get those fuckers stuck there for a little while. No, friend of the show, Moshe Kasher's there. I want him to be all right. He's maybe the only podcast. person I like at Burning Man. <laughs> you can't possibly know that. Um, that I know. I I just, okay, here's, a, I actually had a, a friend got back from Burning Man yesterday. And he was like, Andrew, I think you'd actually like it. And here's why I think I wouldn't. Besides all the, I, I, we know why you I, wouldn't. Why did he think you would? I well, he was just like no you one who listens him, to this podcast is confused about why you I would, would hate it. How okay, well does he, he know said, you? <laughs> he, I mean, medium well, I thought. Um, he said cor- correctly that I because it it is sort of true. Lots of the little pieces of Burning Man I kind of like, which is basically camping, doing drugs in the desert. And then the other one he brought up, which I was like, that's insulting, but sort of true, is like a lot of bike maintenance. And I'm like, I do actually like fucking with my bike. I think I have an issue with the fact that it is that I like all of those things. I guess I don't care about bike maintenance, but the first two I like. My issue Mm. is once they're all put together and called Burning Man, it is both expensive and full of white people in costumes. Yes. And I'm like, this is the stuff I don't need. Mm-hmm. I think that was my rebuttal is like, I like doing those things because they're like free. <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> like low pressure. Or, and yeah. I only bring my friends because famously the woods doesn't have a lot of people in it. So then yeah. I get to curate a fun little club for myself of my four friends. Yeah. I just, just like, I was like, I just don't think Burning this is dudes. a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically what I said, I was like, I was like, Burning Man is just like, like the all-inclusive resort of like hedonistic behavior. It's just like it's for people that don't know what they're doing, needing to pay a bunch of money. It's like yeah. training wheels of of just doing a thing that you should be able to do on your own. Is my yeah. so so maybe that's it. It's like I like some, and I also really hate the art there. 
It's like my least <laughs> favorite type of art, which is big public Instagram art. Is part of it from what I've, I've never been, but I've been fascinated hearing about it is over the last few years, like tech billionaires have been like, this is my personality now. And so that they yeah. show up with like yeah. a half million dollar setup yeah. and just take over. And it's been like yeah. raising the prices and making the experience way worse for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I Yes. I, I think that that's it too. It's just like this thing that is like, yeah, again, I guess it's, it's just like, it's, just it's and it's like, tra- yeah, the tra- it's like training wheels aesthetics for like quote freaks, but not real freaks. I mean, it's not not real freaks, I guess, but it's just like, come on, we can. Well, I, I just. Yeah. I, I also feel like none of us here are are any strangers to an insufferable scene. We all live in Los Angeles and work in Hollywood, so <laughs> I get plenty of right. that. There's plenty of times I love it, and when I go out into the wilderness, it's because I'd like to be away from it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But you know That's... what? If people are having fun at Burning Man, don't let me. Yuck your yum. Don't let me kick your kick your ice cream yeah. onto the sidewalk. Um don't, we're here to talk don't about race. Tawny hijack your helicopter that you're airlifting yourself out of there with. No, I hope you have a really fun helicopter ride. <laughs> Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're gonna answer some voicemails about racism. <laughs> We were just marveling during the <laughs> break about how much time we managed to waste in the first part. <laughs> it was impressive. You got yeah. the promo in. Um, we talked, caught mm-hmm. up. Dogs, a, dogs not freaking out. We had a classic Andrew out. hates. That's true. <laughs> about Burning Man. Andrew hates Burning Man. Yeah. The fucking bottom of the barrel, like, or fish in a barrel, easiest bullshit. I'm sorry. That was. That was not a valid Andrew Hates. That was too easy. That was like mm. someone doing an impression of me. Oh, that's interesting. So someone was doing like their SNL uh tape, Yeah. And it was, it was like it was like yo is this racist. Burning it, Man is just a tech billionaire's <laughs> playground yeah, for people yeah. who can't figure out how to have so fun on their stupid. own. <laughs> I'm stupid. It, it it was like like an AI plagiarized what what I would have been. It yeah. was just like, oh, what if the least imaginative thing on earth <laughs> was speaking with my personality as it could ascertain? Yeah, is- so listeners, that's that's why the first 15 minutes of this podcast, that's why we're on strike. What you just heard. <laughs> yeah. That was that's a what demo. We're striking against. Well, that was my whole all my dialogue from the first half was uh, written by Chat GPT. <laughs> 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 really that, believable delivery. You're a very natural. I just heard reading it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, kind That's of a mumblecore so aesthetic. Oh my god. Uh, should we should we listen to a voicemail? Yeah, a voicemail. Yeah. yeah. A tonal shift. Here we go. Hi, I am a white woman and early childhood teacher in Denver, Colorado, and I um, was teaching in my toddler class, so. One and two year olds, two and a half year olds, and um, was teaching in our historically black neighborhood here in Denver. And the majority of my students are also black. And one of my kiddos was really the sweetest little guy. He did have a habit of cursing. And most of the time, it might be when he was mad, uh, he would call my, me or one of the kids maybe bitch or 
Um, but, you know, just kind of had a policy, like, we don't call names when we're mad. You can, you can use their name uh, and tell them how you feel. Well, one day I was building with him with some really awesome tiles that have magnets, and so they stick together. And he had never used them before, and he was getting really, really excited about it. And as they were clicking and he was getting more excited, he started saying, yeah, and we're yeah, yeah, because he was just so excited. Um, but it did mean that he was calling me, his white teacher, the N-word, and I didn't really know what to say. So I just smiled with him, and I was like, remember, you can call me Chelsea. Um, oh, that's my name, by the way. And, uh, yeah, I was just curious if that was the least racist way I could have responded or uh, if there was maybe a better way to go about it. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Screaming. Experience some child calling their teacher the N-word and then responding with Chelsea works just fine, actually. <laughs> I I didn't clock the first time I listened to this um this voicemail when I picked it that this kid is fucking two. <laughs> this kid is my hero. It's so funny. He's excited so, about blocks. <laughs> so funny and cute. And oh god, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I. This is a rare one, teacher. I think you. I think you did all you could. I think yeah. just saying my name is Chelsea is a <laughs> I think hilarious perfect and perfect response. response. <laughs> um, because the there's one... no, there's no punishment. There's no, there's nothing. No, there's a tiny child. That's an at home. So let's let's sort this out at home. Like when we're saying this, when we're not. That's not. That is not for you to wade into. And your name is Chelsea. <laughs> so none of us are um are kid people here. Uh, but <laughs> I like the, them fine. What, I just don't want I, them in my house. Well, I had a thing where I I was uh, with um my friend uh, enemy of the show Z Chun and with his three kids, uh, mm -hmm. which I think is a thing I'm allowed to say. I think. People publicly know he has three kids. I don't fucking know. Now they um, do. Yeah. Uh, and the youngest one was like, you swear a lot, Andrew. <laughs> ha. That's cool. <laughs> but Good I was work. like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm not. Uh, so I briefly attempted to sort of censor myself around them. And I found it physically impossible. <laughs> Does Do the parents ask you to do that? Nope. No, no, then, they were like, it's fine. We swear all the time. But it was, yeah. I was just like, I just should. I like, the, if if this little motherfucking kid is clocking that and says something, I'm just like, mm -hmm. I'm going to just like, I'm just going to try to tone it down. And I could not do it. <laughs> it was so difficult. I, no, you, I just, you learned I something about yourself. I know. Like, I have to swear, which is like, uh, but that was uh, my only thought for the caller is, um, and this is, a, I guess, a question, but I, I felt like I had an opinion, but I was like, maybe I don't, which is, is it weird to consider saying the N-word as a, like, a black kid saying the N-word as, quote, swearing? I know. I was going to say that, too, but then I was like, given the age of this child, there's no need to get into any of it. Like, <laughs> Oh, sure. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not even saying, like, for the kid. I'm just saying, no, 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 yeah. like, in terms of inside the caller's brain. 
Right. Yeah. It is weird. Like I, I have never liked whenever people are like, well, we just have a no profanity policy and that's why you can't say it. And it's like, oh, it's not exactly profanity. It falls yeah. into a different category. But without wanting yeah. to really parse the why and the who of it, you know, I understand why corporations and companies have yeah. policies I guess, like that. I guess it's just school, easier for them. Right. Because you, you, what are you going to like argue with a fucking three year old white kid about why they can't say it? And like, right. It's, right. it's, you know, there's grown-ass adults who don't understand this concept. There's probably no world where, as a policy in school, you could do anything else functionally. But in your classroom, as a teacher, you have some autonomy. You get to decide. I had, I definitely had teachers that let us all swear. We were not two. But, yeah. you know, and then you go to the next class and you can't, like, you you're allowed to set a culture of expectations. And as long as it's based around what it sounds like you're doing, which is like respect, as long as people aren't calling people names, you know, disrespectfully, but also these these are tiny children. It is still so so funny. (laughs) It's so funny. I just, (laughs) the whole thing is so good. I just don't, yeah, I, I, I have no actual thoughts that make any sense, but I'm like, no, right. (laughs) <laughs> just excited about blocks. And also, like, I, I would, if it makes you more comfortable, Chelsea, the teacher, it does not sound in that example like your little guy was actually calling you this. It just sounded like a, an exclamation. Just like, yeah, like, yeah dude, we're doing a thing. It's like yeah. more like that than you, Chelsea, are <laughs> an N word. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny trying to seriously talk about this of like, it's not you, it's the blocks. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful stuff. You did fine. Caller, you did fine. Don't overthink it. Don't put put any more thought into this because then you're going to do something weird. I feel it. Yep. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You put in the exact correct amount of thought. Well, you either one. have to put in no more thought or way, way, way more thought. And yeah, anything and in between is going to be a, a pretty long, awkward stage. Yeah, and the way, way, way more thought will be lost on the age of children that you're dealing yes. with. So if you start <laughs> yes. teaching like fourth grade, then then we can talk about the way, way, way more thought. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, Thank you, oh, Chelsea. Uh, now I just want to use her name all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead of that's that's what all all these uh this has fallen off greatly but when this uh show and the blog first started the sheer number of people thinking that when they sing along to rap music what do they say um mm, but mm-hmm. here's another potential entry which is white people just say Chelsea. Mhm. Yeah. Say Chelsea. If you're playing with some blocks that are just so good. Yeah, Chelsea, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do let's do another one of these motherfuckers. Hello. Uh my name is Dino Ray Ramos. I am a longtime listener, first time caller. Uh full transparency. I know Andrew and um He's been on my podcast. And Tawny, you've been on my podcast before as well. Anyways, that's besides the point. Anyways, I am calling (laughs) in response to the Hamilton question um, 
about, you know, the whole Hamilton of it all. I wanted to uh, pose this question to y'all as well. It's in the Broadway realm. You know, it's kind of in the zeitgeist, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, it's a, a, a musical called Here Lies Love, which is about, it's basically disco music set to the story, uh, set, uh, the story of Amelda Marco set to disco music. Um, it's caused a rift in the Filipino culture. Um, <laughs> as y'all know, uh, Ferdinand Marcos was not the nicest guy in the Philippines. He placed the Philippines under martial law from like, 1972 to 1981, you know, he apparently killed and tortured tens of thousands of Filipinos. Anyways, a lot of people have not been too fond of this movie. I mean, this this uh, musical about Imelda Marcos, um, but some people have supported it because um, it's, you know, representation of Filipino culture. Um, my problem is I have certain opinions about it. Um, but also, it goes to the source material. The source material comes from an album from uh, uh, Daniel Byrne from the Talking Heads Dang. and um, Bat Boy Slim <laughs> it's, it's uh, called Here's Wise Love. It was like released in 2014 or something like that. It was a concept album inspired by Imelda Marcos. Um, so, my question is: is like, what is your opinion on this? about a musical set to uh, someone who wasn't the nicest person in the world. Um, and is that good representation? Just in general, just like by looking at it. You don't have to be Filipino or anything. I, you know, if you want to talk freely about it, you can. I, as a Filipino, give you permission, but you know what? That doesn't mean <laughs> Thank anything. You, but I'm just curious <laughs> in your point of view when it comes to representation, as it is always a hot topic in Hollywood that's been beaten to death over and over <laughs> and over again. But now we have these more nuanced conversations about who gets to tell our stories, what constitutes as proper representation, who gets to tell, you know, all that good stuff. Anyways, discuss amongst yourself. Use this voicemail if you want. Uh, I love you all. Thank I will say, uh, Dino texted me, I, I assume right after he left this, it was like, I left just a way too long uh, voicemail. And also, I know it's uh, David Byrne, not Daniel Byrne. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, corrected it. I love that that was the thing that made me sit up in my chair. I was like, nah. <laughs> um, Hi, Dino. Good to, good to hear from you. A rare pod-to-pod call. Now we got to call his podcast and talk yeah. and leave him a, I, I, a question about Hollywood. I think initially I was like, do you want to just come on the show and talk about this? But um, it might surprise no one to learn we didn't get our shit together. <laughs> I didn't figure it out. That's okay. It was delightful um, to hear from a friend in the inbox. I actually really enjoyed that. Um, but do you guys know about this musical? I do, yeah. Uh, okay. As a big David Byrne head, and I remember when it came out, I remember being like, wait, what? The Lady with All the Shoes? Amelda Marcos? Isn't she yeah. bad? Yeah, I mean, I have thoughts about the music and why some of it's really good and some of it's maybe not super suited for a musical. This had shades of, uh, you know, Evita was a very popular musical when I was um, a, a kid and a teen. And then when the movie came out with Madonna, it like really jumped into the forefront of a lot of people's understanding of what musicals are. And I don't know that if you asked 
uh, a lot of Argentinians, how they felt about it. I don't know that they'd be like, we love that this existed. You know, she's kind of a, she's kind of a, a, a chill, cool fascist queen. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know that <laughs> making like a weird musical about her starring a white lady was like the best move. I, with these sorts of things, it does feel like a good, better, best, right? Like, is it yeah. good that there is a show featuring predominantly, you know, Filipinos and Filipino stories of some kind that made its way to Broadway? Yes. Would it be better if those stories were focusing on someone less controversial and maybe not glamorizing, you know, somebody who people think of as a kind of a tyrant? Would it be best if all of those things happened and it was made by Filipino people and we kind of like maybe removed the David Byrne element out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So now we know that that getting things that are made best in Hollywood and I assume on Broadway as well are are nearly impossible. It takes such a converging of elements to get those best scenarios that a lot of times when you're just we're left with a lot of goods and a lot of bads. We're not even talking about the bads. But those things that fall into the good category, I find myself trying to find ways to, yeah, to just appreciate what's good about them while still knowing, A, there's room for improvement, and B, maybe this is an opportunity for people who knew nothing about her, maybe someone who goes to see the musical Cold, maybe we'll do a little bit of side research if the art is inspiring enough to get you to go and look into this actual person and then develop your own thoughts about whether or not she's the type of person we should be making musicals about. I mean, because I, as a 13-year-old child... I don't know the show at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's good, but it's weird. It's not like... You know what I know better is Evita, so maybe I should talk about that more. Evita is a very... I think Andrew Lloyd Webber would, would consider it a pretty faithful telling of this woman's rise to to power in Argentina through starting out as like this poor, you know, like cafe singer and like whatever, and kind of like, you know, sleeping her way to the top and, but then becoming this really like powerful force uh, by getting married to Perón. And I, it definitely, you know, when I was like 12 or whatever, and was listening to the cast album on repeat, was I thinking about their, the, the Perón's policies in Argentina? No. Right. I, I think, though, that adults watching it maybe were. I, I would hope that there were people who then, like, took this opportunity think? to look into her more. But but maybe they didn't. I do think that if the art is thoughtful enough, it can inspire yeah. that type of, you know, well, just that, further That's research. sort of the worry, I guess. Like, so I don't, I don't know anything about this, but I the, the first I'd heard of this uh, discourse... So I guess there's a current... Uh, Broadway, it's a, it made it to Broadway, and it's an all Filipino cast, and mm-hmm. thus the parts of like Asian entertainmenty Twitter. Um, I, I guess because I, I just saw this kind of come as a crest, which was like initially was like, oh, this is so awesome, this is like amazing, it's all Filipino performers, which is like true. But mm-hmm. as from what I could gather, again, I have not seen this show or listened to the music. But it is, it just kind of like, sort of like you said, but in a bad way, like, uh, like Mila Marcos is the the shoe lady. And that punchline sort of sanitizes a bunch of terrible shit she was sure. like complicit in. Sure, um, sure, sure. And, and, but that's like, you know, it's also like, 
understandable why, like the musicians initially, they're reacting to the the, the shoe lady part of the story. As I understand it, I, again, I should really, really stress. Yeah. I don't fucking know what's in this. Um, I do think this show delves a, a bit more into the in into the politics and. Okay. I'm not gonna say it's an even-handed critique of her because I do still think it glamorizes, but there there is yeah. more than just like reducing her to a, a silly punchline. I don't think it sanitizes. Okay. I don't know that it does enough to examine, but I don't right. I wouldn't okay. say it completely sanitizes. Um okay. also a weird thing that I forgot. It the music is not only David Byrne, it is also David Byrne and Fat Boy Slim. So it's a Wow. <laughs> it is an the interesting, most I, I'm looking at the combo. Wikipedia right now and it is like some of the most like um fucking 2010s shit around because <laughs> yeah, yeah fat boy slim you know this fucking the singers it's like santi gold was like the first single which is like yeah yeah it's just it's just like a who's who of mm-hmm. you know 2006 or 2012 wes anderson yeah. made a commercial for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just but yeah and, and and then so to me the other side then is like i started seeing like Secondary, I, I guess it's like the sort of like more radical Filipinos that, um, oh gosh, I should have saved some of these Twitter conversations, but it was to the effect of like, this is a fucking horrible tyrant, like anything you yeah. do, and, and sort of in line with the, um, the an argument I've made on this uh, show too much probably, that there's just like no such thing as an anti-hero, like, it, or mm-hmm. not that there's no such thing, but it just... I, I like having now thought about this and just watched so many examples of it. Like mm-hmm. it does not land, mm-hmm. you know. Like to me, the classic example is that I again Don Draper use this example or way too much. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like like the creators of Mad Men would say this is you know he's an antihero. And you don't want to be Don stuff. Draper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not supposed to like look up to this person. But right. I would just counterpoint with like if you did a fucking poll or like could somehow magically see into the hearts and brains of people who watch Mad Men mm-hmm. at the end of the day more people if you just pose the question do you want to be Don Draper more people think yes than no so therefore I'm like I think it's kind of a failure <laughs> like yeah like I think you'd regard, have to now I want you to watch I want you to watch it and okay and I want to see yeah. if it if it passes muster, I don't even understand where it's playing right now. I got, I mean, I guess it's on Broadway right now. So you want to go to New York? You want to go to New York and see it, and then we'll do a fucking Yosis Races special about it. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just have our phones sort of bumbling into them live. Oh, we're doing as, it during the. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. Great, yeah. Um. Yes. Okay. We <laughs> make this is, promise to you. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> We're probably not going to happen, but I guess it is. It would be a business expense, so there's something to think about. Um, I would love to see. I've never actually seen it. I've only heard the uh, the cast album, and like back in the day when I was in like theater school, you would like read the plots of musicals. This was not. I was already out of theater school by the time this um, opened, but you would like read about what the musical was about because there weren't like videos mm. <laughs> which was maybe the nerdiest things so you'd read like synopses and reviews and then you'd listen to the whole cast al- album so you'd get a sense of like feeling like you watched it but that's also like right like isn't that kind of has as again we're, we're deep into musical talk um mm-hmm. but now i'm asking a question for like how one is supposed because because i feel like a lot of people experience musicals via just the music first 
that, mm-hmm. you know, may or may not have story woven in sufficiently, but possibly a lot of times not, I would, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so you need the, like, plots. You need to, like, kind of have, like, Wikipedia open while you're listening to this shit, I, th- I think? Maybe, maybe. Is that, how, is that how you're supposed to approach musicals? I think people would say... A lot of different things. I like the way you approach yeah. a musical, which is going in not knowing when it is, what Check it is, when it was written, what it's about. about. what's happening. <laughs> not even really clearly knowing what music is, just as yeah. a concept. Like, what is but, this? And I will say to your point, especially about this one, if I'm remembering correctly, it's very, you know, it is disco music or it's like pop music. And so the effect is that it's meant to feel clubby. And yeah. I think that that, even if it's, discussing the moral gray area of these people, the fact that you're going to leave feeling like you had a great time dancing is maybe yeah. going to outlast your memory of what, you know, what, what you absorbed from it, like morally. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe people are able to separate that. I think that's the point of the show is that it is trying to examine that in that way, but whether or not it's, it's successful. Yeah. I think I that know. just always ends up being my fucking argument, which is like, I just don't think it works as a the critique the critique side of like any anti-hero. I just think like at base like for worse. I was going to say for better or for worse, but just straight up for worse. We are wired to identify with the, the protagonist and there's just no amount of you know internal criticism in any work that like gets you away from that i just i just don't think it works for real i know it's like depressing and 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 the no, problem I, is every time i say this people are like but i hate don draper and it's like no i get you the genius hates don draper but like you, i'm just genius. saying it, it doesn't like work broadly that's that's more what broadly I mean. which is the definition of a musical on broadway that that has to have a <laughs> broad i'm serious like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> And it needs to be, there is still a mandate because, you know, Broadway is a suffering uh, uh, entity. There's a mandate that especially people going to a musical, it's different if you're going to play. Going to a musical, they want audiences to have a great time. So mm-hmm, even yeah. if they're getting their their broccoli mixed in with their macaroni and cheese, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're eating their vitamins a little bit at the end, you know, in the third act once the thing shifts and we're like, actually the Marcoses are bad or whatever. The overwhelming yeah. idea from both producers and from everyone is we want audiences to come out of there having fun. I'm sure, because it has to be. Because not yeah. enough people are going to buy tickets to get bummed out anymore. They're just not. Yeah. <laughs> They're not. Yeah. We're not so morally for superior all those enough reasons, to be like, I'm going to buy tickets to something so that yeah. I can be sad and have a bad time and be quiet right. and be thoughtful. On, we're, on we're lazy, way, stupid people. Specifically. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> anyway, so that's, that's, I guess, ultimately, again coming as I always do, especially with musicals from a position of unbelievable ignorance, more ignorance than many people would have thought possible. That is, I'm like a baby, like a literal baby coming to this. And that is my take on this this musical. You know what might be easier than going to New York uh, and seeing Here Lies Love? Because famously it is just the end of Debt Girl Summer um, heading into (laughs) Austerity Girl Autumn. But... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I what I think we maybe should do is watch the 1996 film starring uh, Evita and Antonio Banderas, Evita. 
Yeah. What did I say? Strong yeah, yeah, Madonna yeah. and Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she embodies the role so much that you just think of her as Evita. <laughs> she did all right. She did all right. Uh, suboptimal. That's a, Sounds like a suboptimal. Yeah. That's all a good right, suboptimal well, watch along for many reasons. Uh, that's a that's perfect. Okay. Well, I'm um, bringing the potato chips. <laughs> Just uh, and if you're listening to this in the far future, suboptimalpods.com and subscribe, and you'll be able to listen to this thing that we are apparently doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about right. it. Yeah, people want us to listen to uh, musicals. People seem to be somewhat sympathetic to how ignorant I am, and you know what? I love that for me. You're, yeah, <laughs> for you're you? a good entry point for I think a lot of. I think a lot of people are ignorant to musicals, and you're you provide a good uh, a safe what way is to that, bridge. Who are these people? Why are they singing? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> that's me in a musical. Um, all right, I don't know. Three two three three eight nine seven two two three. That's three two three three eight nine. Race. Um, oh shoot! I did want to shout out um, someone on Instagram um, created. I believe it was a T-shirt. Um, oh yeah, so uh, a, a place called Craft for Justice was a T-shirt that says, and this is in response to apparently episode eleven forty three, a joke that I do not remember what it is. We did like an award show with dogs, yeah, and Tawny called was the Tawnies, called the uh-huh. Tawnies, yeah. Anyway. Uh, my dog attended the Tawnies, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt, and it's a picture of a poodle, and it's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Okay, we're going to make that shirt. <laughs> anyway. No, no, it's a shirt that Ben made. Oh, it's, wow. It's it a real-ass shirt That shirt that had exists. been made. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> it's so wild. Anyway, Crafts for Justice. Um, thank you, I assume. I don't remember what we said. Okay. Uh, the phone number, suboptimalpods.com. That's it, right? That's it. Yeah. Nice. This is suboptimal.